What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-hosts, Micah hey. and Carrie. What's up? Uh, I'll start with you, Carrie, because you're playing an actual new game sure. this week and not a return to an old game. Uh, you're playing Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, the yes. Zelda Breath of the Wild prequel, and I'm yes. using air quotes for those of you not watching. It's on like YouTube. it's not, it's non-canon, really, um, much like how the first Hyrule wait, Warriors was wait, non-canon. Wait, so hang on, hang on, hang on. So you're tell you mean to tell me that they literally advertise this as a Breath of the Wild prequel, and you're telling me that it's non-canon? It does not feel canon. That's wild to me. If that's, if that's uh, true, it's uh, it's delightful though. It's a super fun time. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: it it's a Muso game, right? It plays like all the other Muso games when it comes right down to it. You're barreling through just hundreds and hundreds of of enemy units. You got to secure keeps. You got to make sure no one dies. Um, but uh, yeah, it's fun. I'm not super far into it. Um, I haven't been like binging it, like some of my friends have been binging it, just because Muso games aren't aren't my favorite. Um, so for me, it's like I will play a stage, maybe two stages, and be like, I'm done for now. Whereas like a lot of my friends have been playing for like four or five hours at a time. I'm playing in like these sort of little 20-minute, half-hour spurts instead. So I'm still really early in the story. But yeah, it's super fun being able to play as the champions is is a ton of fun. Um, finally being able to punch Rivali in the mouth is the best feeling on earth. That bird is the worst, and he absolutely deserves getting his shit kicked in. Uh, and I was happy to be able to do it. But yeah, I mean it's 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 a lot of fun. It's it's just it's another Muso game set in the universe of Breath of the Wild. Um, there's some dumb time travel stuff happening plot-wise, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. If you like Zelda and you can tolerate the Musou-style gameplay, then yeah, go for it. it. So do all of... Let me ask you a question. This is a Zelda-based question. Okay. Um, it, it, I, I thought I read somewhere that all of these Zeldas... Are a part of like it's like is it like the Zelda multiverse, or are all of these in a timeline? The timeline is weird because it branches at Ocarina of Time. Um, no one's really quite sure where Breath of the Wild fits within the greater Zelda universe timeline because uh, because the game came out after the timeline was released, ultimately, and Nintendo <laughs> hasn't like formally addressed it. But um, I think the general assumption is, regardless of what branch Breath of the Wild is on, it is so fucking far in the future after the events of all of the other games that it's not even worth worrying about. But um, the other games take place on a single timeline? Before a split, a split place, single timeline, yeah. A split single timeline, yeah. It, the the Zelda timeline has three main branches that are created at the events of Ocarina of Time. Okay, but what about prior to that? Prior to that, 
like you're really gonna make me look up the Zelda time. I'm just curious. It's man, a thing. Because... It's Mike. It's a thing that exists. When they put out that Hyrule Compendium, it for the first I... time they acknowledged it. So yeah. yeah. So and I, and I and I didn't understand it because so, I don't, okay. I don't know Quantum Zelda. The Quantum. the the initial. <laughs> Single timeline begins with Skyward Sword, which is the first reincarnation of the goddess Hylia in Zelda, um, and the uh, the Skyloft continent returns to Hyrule, um, and then you have sort of the establishment of the Sacred Realm and the establishment of the initial Kingdom of Hyrule, um, and then you have the Minish Cap and Four Swords, um, in which the sort of continually reincarnating um, evil spirit uh, that I believe is Demise in Skyward Sword. Is that his name? Um, Skyward Sword established, like, why do Link and Zelda keep reincarnating like this? Um, And it's because Demise cursed the three of their spirits to continually reincarnate. Okay. Um, where Demise initially reincarnates as Vati and then later begins reincarnating as Ganon. Um, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. This is an opinion piece. What's messier? Uh, the Zelda timeline-ish thing or all of Kingdom Hearts. All of Kingdom <laughs> Hearts. Oh, Kingdom Hearts is not even a question. At least Zelda. At least Zelda has three very distinct branches based on the events of one game. Sure. Yeah. And it, and it do, and it doesn't extrapolate from there. It's like based on what happens in this one game, one of these three paths will will occur. Right. Kingdom Hearts is. Kingdom Hearts is a mess. <laughs> yeah. Kingdom Hearts has some of the worst writing I've ever experienced in a video game. Um, now, okay, okay. Since we're just playing around with hypotheticals, right? This is the sure. type of conversation that people come for. Look, it's a loose, it's uh, a loose week this week. There's a shitload yeah, of dumb yeah. news, and we're, there's yeah. a lot of questions that. But that's that's how we're rolling. It's Thanksgiving. So, week, so you said that Kingdom Hearts has some of the worst uh, writing that mm-hmm. you've seen in a video game. What mm-hmm. is worse uh, in their respective mediums? <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is writing. Or Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. I right? need to answer okay, that. Here's I the just thing. wanted to hear you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is that Kingdom Hearts, for all of its messy bullshit, desperately trying to stretch bad plot points into making sense and just throwing more characters at the story until it kind of makes sense, um, at least has like within the individual games has like sort of these moments of brilliance. Right. Um, And, and the characters themselves can be really compelling. Like I like Sora as a character. I like Riku as a character. Um, I like some of the organization 13 members as characters Um, much as the overarching plot is fucking dumb and terrible and very badly written because no one on the creative team knew after really the first game that they were going to be making however many fucking sequels they ended up making, which resulted in all of this like awkward ham fisting of content into other content and retconning and all this other bullshit. Um, You know, Kingdom Hearts has moments where it's like really entertaining and like, 
I get why people like Kingdom Hearts, much as objectively the writing is terrible. Ernest Klein should not be allowed to publish books. (laughs) (laughs) Ernest Klein's writing is just lists of references. Like, it'd be one thing if it was like, okay, we have to figure out this clue that's like an 80s pop culture reference. And then the character has to like go on some sort of journey through pop culture history in order to like discover the meaning behind this clue. But the problem is that the character is like the reference master. And so he just knows everything automatically, which is why all of his books are like three and a half pages of plot that are somehow extended into 372 pages of absolute garbage. Um, I, I like to think, cause I've read that first book and I was it's like, not well, good. This, is, this is not for me. And, and I liken it to like, if you, it, it's like a novelization of family guy cutaways. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you can imagine pages of family guy cutaways, like that is just centered around the late seventies to mid eighties, then that is that book. <laughs> it's just like, I've been physically hurting myself by reading excerpts from ready player two. I read a little bit today. and I was just like, I can't, I can't do it. I read a little like, bit of that ongoing thread and I just, I was like, I can't do this. The opening pages are beyond parody. Like I'm going to read this. Because I feel like people need this read to them because it's ridiculous. This is in the first pages of the book. I thanked the guard and told him he could go as I scanned the doors. There it was, number 42, another of Halliday's jokes. According to one of his favorite novels, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the number 42 was the ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. I just stood there for a few seconds, reminding myself to breathe. Then I punched in the seven-digit combination from the egg's inscription into the code pad beside the vault door. 8675309, a combination no self-respecting gunter would have trouble remembering. (laughs) Jenny, I've got your number. I need to make you mine. I hate it! It's so stupid! This is like that time I had to find... This is like that time I had to figure out a passcode and I used it based off of that song. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I, I know. I, I, know. I don't know if you're going to be here on Thursday. So I literally like, gave myself a fucking Charlie horse earlier because my physical <laughs> reaction... Like the physical cringe I experienced while reading some of the ex- these excerpts was so powerful. I gave myself a fucking leg cramp. <laughs> I guarantee. Like I said, we're we're not trailblazers in in many departments, but I guarantee that there's no podcast walking on this on this or earth or any other uh, that transitioned a impressions review of Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity into a critique on the initial excerpts release of ready player two it's so bad (laughs) it's so here's the thing it's one thing to enjoy garbage right i i enjoy garbage once in a while but can we at least acknowledge that it's garbage yeah don't fucking sit here and tell me ernest klein is a good writer he is not he's not right here all those books you see right there all 75 percent of them are crap It's, it's 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 space junk Military garbage, but I love it. And that's fine. 
it's fine to enjoy garbage once in a while. It's like junk food, right? Yeah. It like hits that button in your brain that makes you feel good. And speaking for some, of, uh, for speaking some of people, garbage, Brad. <laughs> how no dare you? Guy. How dare you? <laughs> what a uh, what a fine game this has become. I keep meaning to go back. And, it's like, it's interesting. So I haven't really restart. spent a considerable amount of time with No Man's Sky since the initial release, and obviously the initial release was a flawed game to put it <laughs> to put it uh, to put it kindly. Uh, they've added a lot. In the game since then, they've simplified a lot of the systems. Oh, uh, they've God. added a lot of new features, uh, most notably base building and uh, land vehicles as well, separate and apart from your uh, from your ship that you that you have to pilot the the galaxies with. Um, I don't have a land vehicle yet. I can't wait to get one. I'd imagine it's kind of akin to when you unlock uh, like a horse in an RPG in an open world game. Uh, that you can actually get around a little bit quicker because running everywhere is not uh, not the most fun thing all the time. Uh, the base building is really interesting. I've spent way more time uh, constructing bases in my short uh, reemergence back into No Man's Sky than I thought I would. Uh, it, it, it's it's the the cool thing about this game is not only the construction of the base and kind of making it yours, but also finding just the right planet to put it on and just the right spot in that planet, uh, to put it as well. Uh, I, I terraformed the side of a mountain to carve out space on a paradise style planet, uh, for my initial base. You can have multiple bases as well, but, uh, this is the one that I'm probably going to keep. It overlooks a nice lake. I posted a nice picture of it on the, uh, my, my, the view from my base in the dense pixels fan group, uh, densepixels.com slash fans. And again, I had to carve out the side of a mountain to get my base exactly where I wanted it to be. Um, no Man's Sky is a great chill game. Like I said, it's it's it, the the hook is still the same. You're still running around. It's a resource gathering game of sorts. Um, you know, trading those resources in. There's actually like a storyline now in the game that they added a couple of years ago. Uh, it's not great video game storytelling by any stretch of the imagination, but it's no, something. I read through some of it, and I was like, I. It's it's something to guide your path. They also yeah. what the one thing that's completely new to me. They also have a nexus. In the game, which is an actual, like, social hub, like a legitimate one that other players also congregate in. It's kind of like the Tower and Destiny of sorts. They have lots of different vendors and, and things of that nature as well. And that's cool because one of the big problems that the game had when I first played it is that it was completely isolated. Like, you could run into other players, but the odds of such a thing happening were wildly minuscule just be slim to none. right be just because of the amount of planets and biomes that there are in in the game and now because you have that nexus hub because you have cooperative multiplayer because you have cross platform play uh, it's a lot easier to get together with your friends so uh, maybe I'll coax Terrence into getting back on to no man's sky and uh, and we'll 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 jaunt across uh, the universe together it, yeah there is okay. there's there's cross play the whole shebang it's on everything now so uh, it's, it's a great game. It looks beautiful. Um, not only running at 4k 60 frames per second on PS5, but also they, they, one of the things they've done over the years, is add a lot more variety to the different planet types and how they look and, and, you know, As textures opposed to everything either being like rocks yeah, or, or grass or an awful toxic planet full of angry crabs. 
Let me tell you, so the first couple planets I came across were like either like one, the, like the first couple had like acid rainstorms all the time. Then one was like heavily irradiated, and I had to set up my first base on the irradiated planet. So I literally created like a shack that had a base computer outside of it, and that was about all that was. And the minute I could put, I found a good planet to put a base on. Like I literally like went to space station, and like oh, like you have to go back to your base. Or make a new one. I'm like, I'm going back to this planet that I flew past. It's a nice planet. I'm going to find a nice place with a view, and I'm going to fucking put my base <laughs> right down in there. And the fact that you can get, that you can do that is very cool. And uh, and No Man's Sky looks awesome. Um, and I can't wait to spend more time with it. Valhalla is still plugging along. I imagine I'm halfway through the game. Uh, the story started to get very intriguing. Um, it took way too long to get to a very intriguing part of the story. Uh, Micah is a fan of Mass Effect 2. You will love this game when you get around to it because it has serious Mass Effect 2 vibes in that, hey, there's a pretty serious thing happening, but I have to do all these other much less serious things <laughs> while, while, while this very serious thing is happening in the background. I uh I bought it today. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I, 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 I am uh, I am really enjoying it. It's a good game. Um, the, the thing that I appreciate about this, and I have to only compare it against Odyssey because that's the only one of the new Assassin's Creed's that I played besides Valhalla, is it feels very different. And I think I mentioned this a little bit last week, so I won't belabor the point, but combat feels much more like brutal in this game. Um, it's much less finesse based than like, you can just go beat the shit out of someone with a hammer essentially in this game. Like, like, like what, like the way you break guards shields is with a heavy attack so like once you get one on the ground i'm just fucking wailing away at this dude basically um they have a hook shot as well or a spear like like not like when i say spear i'd lead like a spear like scorpion from mortal Kombat has a spear that you can you know throw at somebody and then you know wail them into a wall or other dudes or stuff like that there's some fun uh there's some fun techniques in this one and if you pay i think it's five dollars you can uh you can get a wolf as a mount like a giant wolf Instead of a horse. Like Fenrir? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a horse. So there's that. If you want to spend more money. I have not spent any money yeah, I, I on the wanna, game aside from the initial six. That kind of money. Yeah. Uh, that kind of money. I don't want to spend another five bucks just yet. I, I, I just. I That's just so out of character it. for you, Micah. Uh, well, you know, give it time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if I really take to the game, then uh, yeah, I'll throw some money at it. Well, Micah. I'm, I'm, I'm debating on whether or not I want to dish out the thirty dollars for The Last of Us Part Two, because it's. It, I feel like if I'm gonna get it, now's the time to get it. But I don't want to get. I it. feel like you've already played the best two single player games that are being published by Sony this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the thing that's stopping me, right? Because like, I, I I've been spoiled on the story. It, it's my own fault. So then it would be just about gameplay. And as much as everyone loves The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part Two, the thing that they don't talk about loving is the minute-to-minute gameplay. They talk about how they like the story and they talk about how, you know, they like the characters, but they don't talk about that stealth stuff. Imagine Uncharted, but you don't want to fight people. <laughs> <laughs> Then you want to avoid combat as much as possible. That's 
in a, in a in a prolonged effort to get to the next cutscene. That is The Last of Us. <laughs> right. So. right. <laughs> Do people find this enjoyable? No, I guess they so. Find, it just won they, like Game of the Year at Golden Joystick Awards. So they they find they find they find that pretty package enjoyable. Nobody tells about that the the actual gameplay, and uh, and that speaks volumes to me. I mean, like I said, I played I played a good six to eight hours of the original Last of Us, and I finished that first. That game. was enough for I finished me. it because I was I was all enthralled with Naughty Dog, right? And and then playing that just kind of broke me. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, this is too much. This well, like I said, it just it, it just means that not everything is going to be a winner. If you like Micah, are trying to be frugal, save some money. Good news for you. Games with gold. Have been announced for December. What a lineup we have in front of us here this month. From December 1st to 31st on the Xbox One and Xbox Series X, you get the Raven Remastered. It's a point and click yeah. detective adventure game released just originally say, in 2013. Uh... They just pushing trash on games with gold these days. Hey, don't you don't you slander games with gold? The, ga- the, ga- the games I'm going to talk about here are a $74.96 cent in value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and with the potential <laughs> to earn 3200 in gamer score. Wow, well, gamer score. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What a great deal. Well, Carrie, if the Raven <laughs> Remastered is not your, not your speed, not your cup of tea, uh, December 16th through January 15th, you can get Bleed 2. A side-scrolling action arcade title that no one has ever heard of. No. Uh, who is this? Who is this for? Xbox fans. You, th- you think that Series X is going to have games that just appear on the console as if from nowhere? Absolutely <laughs> not. They're going to give you free ones. <laughs> Don't worry, though, because you can also play some Xbox 360 games on your Xbox One and Series X. Mm. Uh, December 1st to the 15th. You get the Saints Row standalone expansion, uh, Gat Out of Hell, standalone expansion for Saints Row 4, <laughs> which I feel like has been given away as part of the Saints Row 4 Ultimate Edition on PS4 once upon a time. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. But you can get the expansion with Games of Gold this month. And then from the 16th through 31st, you can get the Double Fine game stacking, which I have played and did not find very exciting. When it came out nine years ago. For what it's worth, I find it uh, funny that they're calling stacking a $15 game when it is very much a $10 game. And I can verify that by checking Steam right now. Where it's, <laughs> it's $10. Well, it's, it's, best on, it's best on Xbox, I'm sure. Think, think of all the... I'm sure it is. <laughs> think of all the enhanced features it's sure to have on the Xbox Series X if you mm-hmm. have the current generation of consoles. I uh, I will say that uh, one how man how far the Saints Row franchise has come question mark from being a a GTA knockoff to uh, uh, a GTA knockoff where one of the popular characters who has died multiple times is now trying to escape hell um, and fighting the devil. And two, I I used uh, I'm a Game Pass subscriber, mm-hmm. and uh, I said, you know what? Let me look at some of these games on here. And I I wanted to play Gears Tactics. That was a PC only game for a while. And um, 
And I was like, all right, let me play this. So I played a little bit of Gears Tactics. I won't belabor the point uh, or, or just talk about it on and on. But I recommend it. It's actually it's a game that I would pay for. And um, I don't have to because I'm paying a monthly fee. But uh, I do enjoy Gears Tactics. It's it's I like a good tactics game, and it 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 is it plays different from your standard like Japanese tactics game. Mm-hmm. You know, like nothing is it's not on like a grid uh, on a grid or or anything like that. It's it's got a couple of different. Um, mechanics in it that i've never seen in a tactics game before and maybe that's just because i don't play a a ton of them but but yeah i actually really like that game uh if if uh when i get more into it if i see something that wows me i'll i'll come back but yeah I, i recommend that game also on pc uh this week world of warcraft shadowlands new expansion uh dropping there uh, Just Dance 2021 is releasing on the new consoles, PS5 and Xbox Series S and X. Uh, Star Renegades comes to PS4. Vigor comes to PS4. And Made of Skur comes to the Nintendo Switch. Those are your new releases for this uh, Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. High quality stuff. Oh, yeah. Made of Skur. And I, I had to look that at is. that because I was like, wait a minute. That's, that's like made as in like servant. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's a first-person survival horror game set in a remote hotel with a macabre story of Spooky. Welsh folklore. Okay, all right. I'm not playing a scary game on my Switch. That seems very <laughs> off. Well, it came out last week on the Xbox, or a couple weeks ago on the Xbox. So uh, it came out a few months ago on the. Xbox. Oh, there you go. Even better. So. Um, speaking of spooky, uh, I did download uh, Phasmophobia, which seems to be the new hotness for a lot of streaming uh, i haven't played it yet uh, so i will have a report on that next week um go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe and click the bell notification icon to be notified when a new video drops uh go to whatever podcatcher you use to listen to your podcasts and subscribe to the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. And then when you uh, when you got a taste, you know, first hit's free. Uh, <laughs> but now that you got a taste and you want more, go to densepixels.com slash premium. And for $5 a month or $50 a year, you get access to the premium slate of shows, including the airing of grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, Upstage Conversation, and the full two-hour episode of the look for political podcast. Now, look, uh, I listened to the full episode of look forward and I got to tell you, I heard the most embarrassing thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. That last hour was a fun hour and, <laughs> and, and stay and stay to the end, stay to the end of the show. <laughs> they play during the show. They play a, a um a, a caller from the Rush Limbaugh show and it is just the saddest fucking thing like like put just like pathetically sad like i understand you you you're sad you're in your feelings that you told us to go fuck ourselves with but um 
this grown ass man was crying to another grown ass man about a rich old grown ass man losing an election. And I just, it, it was just, I couldn't help but to laugh. And then I felt bad. Like, wow. Wow. It's worth checking out. Go to look, go to densepixels.com slash premium and subscribe. And again, if you're a premium member, uh, best to use your web browser and go to the TNP premium Podbean page to listen to shows because Podbean's app for premium podcast uh, is fucked up right now. Yeah. We're working on a, a solution to fix that for you guys. So we will uh, we'll go from there. A um, lot of news this week. A lot of, lot of news this week. No topics of the week. That'll be your questions. But there's a lot of fucking news this week. Uh, according to Business Insider, uh, apparently there's been a lot, and I mean like a lot, a lot, of organized scalping uh, going on worldwide when it comes to PS5 consoles. Uh, of course, because of the limited availability of these consoles at launch, uh, a lot of scalping groups were able to actually organize in advance and kind of spread themselves out a lot of different places to gather uh, a lot of different systems and now sell them for upwards of $1,000 or more uh, a pop to people who are desperate to get their hands on the new console. Uh, me being petty has to make it known, of course, that it doesn't look like there's a lot of scalping rings uh, looking after Series X consoles. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> <God damn> it. <laughs> um, but this fucking sucks. Um, it really stinks. Uh, like I said, I, I, I don't like scalpers. Um, they are generally assholes. Like I said, to actually go out like this and organize and buy up a shitload of stock, uh, on a product that is hotly anticipated, maybe legal. Uh, but it's certainly not morally, uh, morally sound. And just makes you a fucking dick for potentially taking them out of the hands of someone who actually wants them uh, just so you can make a quick buck. Uh, so I'm not not too fond of these people. Um, I don't know what you do about this, though, if you're Sony, because I don't know what you can do about it. Like, it's like uh, you put I mean, there's more consoles yeah. about it. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm not even saying that. Like, they can't stop people from scalping. But at the same time, like, you know. The only way around this is to make more consoles, and I'm sure they put out as many as they possibly fucking could right. for the launch. And so, we I mean, it's it's one of these things where it's like on this sort of scale where you have many, many, many people um, all going to likely many locations and hitting up many different websites um, to get as many consoles as possible. Like, How much no, nothing you- can be done, really. How much do you? I, I type PS Five into eBay. Well, did you I go to did you go to sold listings or just because like people can list them for whatever they want? I'm more curious oh, to go to like sold to like go to like sold listings for PS Five. I'll see if uh, I'll see if I can find it. I would imagine that some are going for you know seven eight hundred dollars easy <laughs> that have sold. I'm not I'm not talking about people that are listing them for two thousand dollars. I'm talking about the ones that people have actually sold. I'll see if I can find it. But uh, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, man. It's kind of, it's, (laughs) this is gross, dude. It's gross. But um, I mean, I'm looking at one right now with bids on it. mm -hmm. 17 bids, uh, 19 hours left at $855. Yeah. Um, So. Yeah. Here's one for 850. God damn. Yeah. 
Uh, a lot, sucks, a lot in the in the eight hundreds. Um, I'm seeing a couple up into the nine hundreds. Um, yep, nine hundred and fifty dollars. Fifty six minutes left. Twenty eight bids. Um, and I yeah, can, it's super fucking gross. Well, like, and I can just say to people, like, don't don't pay, don't pay upwards of a hundred and seventy five percent of list price. Yeah, for a PS five console, like it's not. It's it's great. It's a great console, but it ain't worth paying double to fucking no. obtain or you it's, know on time. It's not worth paying one thousand one hundred seventy five dollars for. No, no. Plus ninety one dollars in shipping. <laughs> nah, yo, <laughs> it's not. No, it really isn't because 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 and like if if you're someone who's considered, um, you know, paying up for such for this console, just um, what what do you really get out of it? What do you really get? What what games are you really missing out on, or that that you can't really wait on, that you can't play on PS4? Quite frankly, because most of the games that came out for PS5 also came out on PS4. They're just a little bit better if you play them on PS5. So yeah, don't uh, don't do this. And if you're if you're a scalper, like if you bought a PS5 just for the express intent of reselling it for you know three hundred dollar four hundred dollar profit, uh, fuck yourself. How about that? Uh, what I have been seeing is some folks sort of get back at scalpers by making them drive ma- many, many miles to for for a deal for PS5s that aren't actually going to happen, and basically causing people to just waste their time and their gas. <laughs> well, that's well that that's that that I can appreciate. Yeah, I, I can respect that. If you don't if you don't care about your eBay uh, reputation getting tanked, then that, that's a perfectly fine. Uh, Fine I think I'm seeing mostly people do this through like Facebook. Oh, okay, so that's much better. I mean, like, like I've bought watches before, like for the express purpose of reviewing them that are hard to come by that sell out quickly. But when I flip that watch, I sell it for the regular price. Like I don't like I'm not sitting there like flipping it and selling and putting a markup on it just because it's a rare thing now. Yeah, I just I just don't fundamentally don't agree with that. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. Um. Fortnite put some chum in the water last week about a subscription service, and lo and behold, uh, they have announced Fortnite Crew, the new monthly subscription service that is optional for Fortnite. Uh, Fortnite Crew is going to cost $11.99 a month. Here is what you get. Uh, You get access to the full battle pass for whatever the current season is. Normally, that's $9.50 by itself, spread out over three months. Uh, it also gets you a thousand V bucks every month, which is a ten dollar value, as well as an exclusive monthly cosmetics bundle, uh, which Epic said they will never give away or sell uh, these cosmetics to people that aren't part of the Fortnite Crew uh, subscription service. Uh, this is if if you're someone who spends money anyway in Fortnite, like if you regularly buy V bucks um, and you buy the battle pass every. Every season, this is a really good deal. Um, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't do that if you buy at least $10 worth of V-Bucks every single month to get some exclusives. Um, it could be a lot worse, I suppose. But it's going to be interesting to see how widely it's adopted. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't – Fortnite, I just – that thing just really passed me by. I, I don't know anything I, about Fortnite. I don't I think really. that we are the – I, I think it. I think it's most appealing to the generation beneath us, as yeah. uh, as 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 late Gen Xers slash elder millennials. Yeah, so. I just uh, 
Uh, Carrie, I, I, I think I it's right in your generation's wheelhouse, is it not? As sort of, as sort of, know. sort of, sort of base millennials. So, <laughs> standard, standard millennials. Yes, <laughs> default millennial. I don't know. So never. I, I know. I know who is going to be watching this intently, uh, and that is uh, Activision is going to be mm-hmm. watching to see how this does because I would imagine that Call of Duty will see something similar next year mm. uh, if this is very successful. I just don't see how it couldn't be. Uh, another month, another Ubisoft uh, managing director has been ousted from the company because of sexual misconduct allegations. Uh, Ubisoft has removed uh, a gentleman by the name of Hughes Recor, who is the managing director of the publisher Singapore Studio, uh, which is working on the Skull and Bones oh, game. Right. That's still a game that they're trying to make. Allegedly, it it is. Uh, (laughs) Following the results of a, quote, leadership audit. Uh, This gentleman was one of the people singled out over the summer when multiple Ubisoft employees, former and current, came forward with allegations of sexual misconduct aimed at serious or aimed at senior members of staff. Uh, Sources accused him of bullying, demeaning comments, retaliatory action, and sexual harassment. Uh, they also said that he made suggestive comments about female employees' clothing and encouraged staff to kiss him at work events. And then just, <laughs> just stop. Wow. It would be nice. Can, can, can please just cease. Wow, dude. Uh, <laughs> wow. I, I want to know what fucking planet some of these dudes live on where they were raised to think that that sort of thing would ever be acceptable it's it's the kind of it's the kind of situation where like it's like it's like the raptors testing the fence in jurassic park like like there are people that will kind of press like press the line and see what they can get away with and if you don't have anyone to slap your hand to tell you no then you'll press it even further and you'll press it even further. And then eventually you get into management and people don't think that they can say shit to you about stuff. And I think that's a lot of it. It, like I said, I, I would, what boggles me is that I can't, I don't, one of these two things is true and I'm not sure which one it is. Is this just weirdly a predominantly Ubisoft culture thing? Or is there just a lot more of this shit going on in other companies? I'm pretty sure it's the latter. I will guarantee you (laughs) that there is shit like this happening at every company, particularly in the games industry, which unfortunately, despite the fact that during the early days of video games in the fucking early mid 80s, had a lot of women in a lot of prominent positions, slowly but surely over the course of the late 80s into the 90s turned into a boys club in the worst possible fashions. Um... And it's the the reckoning that is happening at Ubisoft, which sort of echoes the reckoning that happened at Riot Games last year. Um, I guarantee you, I would put an exorbitant amount of money on there being problems similar to this at just about every game publisher on the planet. Because that's unfortunately just how the culture is. Yeah, I mean, look, it's um, this this company is no different than any other company. Look, men, men gonna men gonna men, I guess, and that's not uh, not excusing it. 
Um, it's just men, men being men in this sense is a re- direct result of uh, the previous generation going boys will be boys. Uh, right. Whenever exactly, whenever Lim- limiting limiting that to one generation, are you? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what what I mean is like it's 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 always the fault of the previous generation, right? It's and it it unfortunately goes back many many generations, um, and it's not until what within the last five ten years where we're finally like, hey, guess what? Not acceptable. Never been acceptable. We're not putting up with it anymore. Yeah. I, God damn, dude. I. I I mean, good on Ubisoft, but uh, no bad, bad on Ubisoft. Time, they but, wouldn't have done shit about this but, if it wasn't if it wasn't dragged right. up to the sunlight. So yeah, exactly. That's what I'm yeah. about to say. Like, I feel like this is I feel like this is some like this guy got told that he better fall on this sword, right? Because it's 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 for it's it's Ubisoft Singapore on skull and bones like that. Like, it just doesn't. This feels like a a, a sacrificial lamb needed to needed to you know be killed and they they chose this guy i look get as many of these people out of here as possible but at the same time you know like you plus as ubisoft you know like like they stay like oh we did not know <laughs> like yes you did <laughs> yes you did like get out get out of here yeah uh, that fucking company man uh, Nintendo has decided that uh, they don't want people using Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, for politics purposes anymore. Uh, they've issued a formal set of guidelines around uh, what a sentence that is. A- yeah, adver- advertising in the game uh, for businesses and organizations, and that notably includes the phrase uh, "Please also refrain from bringing politics into the game." Of course, we reported many stories about the uh, Joe Biden campaign. Uh, using Animal Crossing and, you know, some other political groups have gotten their message in the game as well. Um, I got to say it's a little disappointing because you're going to see someone uh, bring a political cause into the game, not necessarily like a advertisement around a particular campaign. And Nintendo's not going to look good if they if they knock that down. Like if someone puts like a, you know, makes Black Lives Matter Island. That's not going to be a good look if they if they put the kibosh on that. I mean, I, I it, think part of it is like they, it's it's brands, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's corporations they're going after that you know they they don't want major companies or major public figures using their product in a way that the product is not intended to be used, which I understand from you know, from their perspective, I don't think they're going to go after like, you know, an individual person from fucking Nebraska who Mm -hmm. decides to, you know, set up their Island for a political purpose. I think the difference is that over the course of the year, you know, as you said, we saw the Biden campaign use animal crossing for campaign related stuff. And we've seen other brands sort of take on creating islands around their brands and whatnot. Um, and I'm sure from Nintendo's perspective, they're just sort of like, like, don't. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure from their perspective, it, it probably boils down to not wanting to be seen as endorsing through, but you know, by proxy of it being their game. 
um, I, you know, any particular cause or brand or anything like I, that. I totally understand why they'd want to do that. Uh, I can't see that mindset though anymore without immediately thinking, well, Republicans buy sneakers too. Like, well, that's the thing I automatically snap to <laughs> whenever I see any company. Not it, it's not even taking a stand politically. It's just like, oh, we don't we choose not to take a stand, and we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to be forced into this into this situation. Um, so, like I said, it's it's their game to do with what they will. I just I I find it weak sauce. Mm. Um, because again, it's 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 just you're protecting your profits. That's all you really care about at the end of the day. Which, like you said, they're a corporation, and I expect that to be what they what they looked after first and foremost. Uh, Fourteen years later, well, later than that because it's not coming out this year. But uh, the world ends with you is getting a sequel at some point. It's a pre- it's actually a prequel. Uh, it's called Neo: The World Ends with You. Uh, fantastic title. Wow. Uh, <laughs> apparently, there's going to be a bunch of uh, uh, new players sucked into the Reapers game. Uh, I'm not a big World Ends With You fan. I pl- I tried playing the DS game many, many years ago and just did not get past the first area because I'm just like, this is not for me, whatever this game is. It's a weird RPG. Um, but I, World Ends With You fans are very excited, apparently. So it's coming out next year on PS4 and Nintendo Switch. So they got that looked forward to. Uh, apparently some Persona fans were mad that it was getting a sequel because, like, World Ends With You just came out on Switch, like, a year ago. And they're like, oh, I can't believe it's getting a sequel already. Not realizing that the game actually came out on the DS back around the time the DS originally came out. So <laughs> that was pretty pretty entertaining. Uh, uh, young people. Uh, me and Micah got some interesting surprise news last week uh, in the form of a teaser trailer from IO Interactive, the developer of the Hitman franchise, who revealed that they are making the next James Bond video game. Uh, currently, just a working title. It's called Project 007. We don't know anything about it. So you know what that means? Time to wildly speculate as to what we're going to get <laughs> out of the IO Interactive <laughs> James Bond game. Um, they said that it's going to be an original story uh, and uh, you're going to earn your double O in this, in this game. Um. I feel like that's not an original story, I feel <laughs> but okay. So now, well, now here's my question. So is, is it supposed to be separate and apart from the James Bond like universe or like, is it original in that way? Or is it like, is this like what James Bond was doing before Casino Royale happened essentially? I feel like this is going to be its own separate thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, Okay. <laughs> What could this game be, right? IO Interactive, known for making those Hitman games. Mm-hmm. Um, those Hitman games are successful. They're not for me. No, I hope. No, I don't. I don't want. That. I don't want reskin Hitman. That's not. That's yeah, not at all I, what I'm looking for. No, out of this. not at all. Um, the uh, the the last 007 game that I remember uh, having somewhat enjoyment from was um that action adventure game starring Pierce Brosnan. And, uh everything uh, or nothing? Yeah. I remember enjoying that game a bit. Uh wait, wait, did that come out before or after the best James Bond game? Uh and it's not what you think it is, young people and old people. <laughs> it's not what you think it is. It's based on one of if not the arguably the best James Bond movie from Russia with Love. 
Um, I played the shit out of that game and really enjoyed it. That game was amazing. I loved it. Uh, That game was my fucking senior week. (laughs) Yeah. The end of high school. (laughs) It's also also a strong competitor for the most mailed-in uh, voiceover performance in a game. <laughs> it it and it, it Sean Connery in that game squaring off against Bill Murray in the Ghostbusters video game is a is a mailed in fight for the ages in terms of VO performance. Mm. Just straight up reading lines. Basically, yeah, like it like it reeks of I don't really know what I'm doing here. Uh, they paid me a shitload of money to do it though, and I'm just gonna get through this and. It's 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 like the episode of it's like the uh, the crusty the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer was having trouble uh, doing his VO work for the Itchy and Scratchy show and like Krusty comes in and like bangs out like ten lines in like five minutes and then, and then rolls the fuck out. Flubs one of the lines and <laughs> right. he's like scratch that yada yada yada. He's like, all right, kid, that's how you do it. And then they they, they <laughs> all right, Krusty, we're ready to <laughs> we're ready to go. <laughs> So um yeah I, I I really hope that it's not um that it's not uh reskin hitman that's that's not at all what I want. I would also like to see possibly them to do stuff with story that gives you some agency uh in how James Bond performs sort of like a realized version of what Alpha Protocol could have been in mm. many ways. Uh had Alpha Protocol not been a just poorly mismanaged project that was that got fucked from from the get go. Um, either way, I am more excited for this game than I've been about any James Bond game in a very long time, like a very, very long time because Activision, uh, fucked that license up with the very little that they did with it, uh, in the many years that they have had it. Can you believe we have not had a new James Bond video game since 2012? Is that when, uh, Legends came out? Yeah. On the PS3 and the 360, which was not a good game. Oh, it really was at all. Um, so yeah, so that was some unexpected, but very, uh, potentially exciting news that we'll have to wait and see more on down the road. Oh my God. I can't wait for, to, to just get some information on what this could be, especially given the technology that we have now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I just, uh, cause like I'm looking at a video from, from Russia with love and I'm looking at Sean Connery's face in it and I'm just like, wow, this is, I have it on mute obviously because that's the best way to look at it right now. Uh, and, uh, and I'm looking at it and I like, I want it to be something like this. I want it to be like a, like a stealth action game or, or I don't know. I don't know. Well, I just the, don't want it to be Hitman. Well, I don't want it to be just action either though. Like, like the one thing that the James Bond games have always done is it's just set piece after set piece after set piece. And there's more to James Bond than just running around shooting, shooting people. What if it's a role playing? That's what I'm talking like, about. Like how awesome <laughs> would that be? How amazing would that be? Like you have to develop certain relationships and, and if you don't, you know, fill certain invisible meters, somebody might double cross you or, or, or triple cross. Like, yo, it's so, <laughs> All right. I just, I really want this to be good, man. I really want this to be good. And there's got to be a woman with some name that's a double entendre mm. in it. I, I demand that. Not something, don't puss out and be like, strawberry fields. Like, nah, yo, nah. Her name got to be like, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. It's got to be good. <laughs> All right, so uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is getting some new skins. 
Uh, this is going to be based off of the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie uh, that is going to have the voice and likenesses of uh, Christopher Lambert as Raiden, uh, Lyndon Ashby as Johnny Cage, and Bridget Wilson Sampras as Sonya Blade. Uh, of these three skins, only Christopher Lambert's actually looks like him. The other two do not look like the actors uh, that portrayed them. No, but the most important thing is that they have a new, a, a different actress for Sonya. And that alone is worth <laughs> the price of buying this this pack. Because Ronda Rousey is terrible as, as Sonya Blade. She's just Ronda Rousey. Like, it's a very, it's a stark contrast from this very competent, military-minded, serious, you know, firm but fair Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat X and fucking, oh, no, do nothing, bitch, in, in Mortal Kombat 11. Like, yo, what the fuck? Like, just, just, just calm down. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm upset that they didn't go the full distance with this. Like, where, where's your Liu Kang Skin pack. Uh, that's that's in classic MK movie skin pack two. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> See, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm out of my Mortal Kombat. People were already uh, complaining. They were like, "This is great. Where's Katana? Right, right. Like, <laughs> where's where's Liu Kang? So, I I imagine that they will get the entire MK movie cast of principals. Will Will skin pack yeah. two have an option for the James Remar Raiden skin? <laughs> don't put it past them <laughs> they, can, they can get your money again they absolutely will uh, Rockstar Games has decided to make Red Dead Online uh, a standalone title uh, it's going to be available next week December 1st uh, it'll be available for $4.99 um, and it says the 75% discount will be available till February 15th on Playstation 4 Windows PC uh, and all the other platforms it comes out on. Does that mean it's going to go up to $20 after after February 15th? That would be interesting. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, you're going to need 123 gigabytes of storage on your console, and then you'll have the option through Red Dead Online uh, to purchase the Red Dead Redemption 2 story mode separately. Uh, no word as to how much that's going to cost, but if I'm a smart guy, I'm thinking it's probably going to be $39.99 uh, to upgrade <laughs> to to the Red Dead Redemption 2 full edition, essentially. Uh, I find it interesting that they're going this route. Uh, I would imagine that this means that the sales for Red Dead Redemption 2 have definitely uh, stagnated and may probably fallen off at this point, not nearly the level of consistency that we've seen for literally the past seven years for GTA 5, uh, who's been able to sell copies among copies among copies of that game, specifically because of GTA Online. Um, so I guess this is a smart decision to break out Red Dead Online as a separate purchase and maybe get people into Red Dead through the back door by getting them to get this first for $5 and then possibly upgrading to the full game down the road. I don't uh, see people talking about Red Dead. or No, let me scratch that. I don't see Facebook advertising to me about people playing Red Dead Online like I do, like they do GTA 5. Like. <laughs> Well, and, and isn't it isn't it interesting because I I feel like Red Dead Online would have been a lot more successful if GTA Online didn't still exist and wasn't still updated and didn't still have such a strong player base as it yeah. did. So yeah. in in many ways they're victims of their own success 
yeah. far as that goes. Uh, keep your heads down, ladies and gentlemen, if you are trying to avoid spoilers for Cyberpunk 2077, apparently hard copies uh, are already out in the wild uh, from retailers uh, or maybe non-retailers that uh, are broke street date on the title. Apparently there's some videos that are already out there uh, that was played on a PS4 or PS4 Pro that looks like shit because they just rushed to get out whatever fucking stream or version of it they could uh, just to be the first ones there. Uh, so don't 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 sully what should be an excellent game by viewing a terrible version of it. Um, wait for the big release to come out. It's only two weeks away, if you can believe that. Maybe, right? If it doesn't get delayed so, again. <laughs> well, well, I mean, the fact that there's retail copies that exist probably mean that it actually is coming out December no, 10th at this point. Nope, don't put it past them. <laughs> like we we see these are fake copies, and we just released these to break your systems. These are the real copies coming out, and we'll see them in February. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, developers at Valve were uh, got some got some powers removed from them this week uh, after stepping over a pretty serious line. So, Valve developers uh, had the ability to ban players ad hoc uh, in Valve games, uh, notably Dota Two. On the surface, this makes sense. Valve developer observes someone obviously cheating. Why wait for it to go through? The normal process. We can trust these Valve developers. They know what they're looking for. So we'll just let them ban these folks and that'll help get these guys out of the game a little bit quicker. It's good in theory. Oh. It's good in theory until someone decides to ban somebody uh, because they're mad that they got their ass kicked in Dota yeah. 2, yep. which is exactly what happened. So basically, uh, <laughs> basically, a player got banned from Dota 2. Uh, posted on he the, was sent to the game's low priority. Mode, yes, that's correct. So he that, couldn't do matchmaking. There you go. Uh, and he went to the Dota 2 subreddit and complained that he was sent to the game's low priority mode for having an in-game, in-game disagreement with a player. Uh, turns out the player that he was fighting uh, and that it was having an argument with let it be known during the argument and said, quote, do you know who you're talking to? Check my profile. I'm a Steam employee. And then Valve looked into the case and uh, clearly said that the guy did not deserve the ban. What's more obnoxious, telling a person, do you know who my dad is? (laughs) Or telling a person, check my profile, I'm a Steam employee. Or a a Valve employee. I just, boy, you give... You really give anybody just a modicum of power, and they will abuse it. Just man. gone. Yep. Man. Like. You give any man a modicum of power, because that's who it is, right? You give <laughs> any man a modicum of power. A little bit. And it, they will abuse it. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, Sean, Sean Vanneman, uh, one of the co-creators of Firewatch, by the way. Uh, so it's not like he's just some, <laughs> just some fucking rank-and-file dude to be... To be pulling this shit out. Uh, to his credit, he himself responded to the post and fell on his sword um, in, in this instance. Uh, but yes, Valve employees will no longer be able to use their authority to hand out manual bans. Uh, they now have to rely on the same reporting systems uh, that the game has in place for everybody else to report people who are cheating or being abusive. Wow. <laughs> what, a, what a wild story. 
Uh, and in finally, uh, in auction new, news. Yeah, auction news. So this is actually kind of exciting. Uh, the 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 newest, richest video game, most expensive video game in the world, uh, sold for one hundred and fifty six thousand dollars. Yeah, at auction. Uh, this is a factory sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers three for the, the NES. Not only is it a copy of Super Mario Brothers 3, but it's worth noting that this is a particularly hard-to-find variant of Super Mario Brothers 3. This is called the Left Bros variant because the word bros is under the M in Mario, partially obscuring Mario's glove rather than being under the I and O in Mario, which is how you typically, like, if you look up Super Mario Brothers 3 cover art, that's generally where the bros is. Um because it makes more sense for it to be over there. Um, so yeah, there was a very, this is like a first run mm-hmm. copy before like people looked at the box art and were like, you can't really read bros because it's intersecting with the art of Mario himself. So they moved it for the vast majority of games produced. So not only is this a rare variant, but it's a, sealed game from 32 years ago mm-hmm. and the game itself is in spectacular condition this is graded by wada games now full disclosure i know the guy who founded wada games and i have multiple games graded by wada um but it's it's graded in 9.2 um which if you're at all familiar with comic grading or card grading anything above a nine is basically considered near mint uh, and it has a what of for sealed games does sort of like a grade of the state of the shrink wrap itself. Um, so it's a 9.2 A plus, which is exceptional quality uh, mm-hmm. for anything that's been sitting around for three decades. Um, so yeah, I am not at all surprised to to see this particular game sell for this much money through heritage um video game collecting has become uh kind of a high dollar industry over the last let's say two years um basically once once wada sort of partnered with heritage auctions to create this like sort of funnel of like games are being graded like sent into wada graded and then sent directly to heritage for auctions um shit really ramped up because you have a lot of you have a lot of comic book guys who are now sort of offloading parts of their comic collection and investing in video games instead because they feel it is a more lucrative Mm. collector's market right now and they may be right uh i feel like the bubble is bound to burst (laughs) uh speaking as someone who just this past weekend uh decided to sell Pretty much all my Super Nintendo stuff that I had gotten over the past uh, – that I bought about 15 years or so ago to the tune of about a 300% profit from what I bought it for about 15 uh-huh. years ago. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Super Nintendo stuff is especially um, especially lucrative, particularly if it's in good condition. Yeah. So. Not not to mention the copy of Earthbound that I sold uh, a couple I'm years ago so that I doubled. i pissed that you had a complete inbox copy, right? I did, yeah. And I, and I doubled what I paid for it, essentially. Not bad. 
held on to that for five more years, you probably could have tripled yeah, it. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Uh, can you imagine how much the variant uh, will go for, this game will go for when someone decides to sell the variant cover that doesn't have Mario cross-eyed on it? <laughs> <laughs> But, looks to me. It, but it's, it's funny because, like I said, I remember Mar- Super Mario Brothers 3 was the first game that I had ever gotten on a pre-order. So it's possible that I might have had one of these copies at one point. Yes. Way back in 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, not six-year-old me, that shrink wrap stayed on that game for about 0.2 seconds before <laughs> I got right. it in the car coming out of Toys R Us. So, uh, but just wild to think. What if what if what if six year old me had just put it in my pocket and just uh, and kept it safe somewhere all these years? Not likely, but you know. I mean, I've been very fortunate. Um, the games that I've gotten graded back, um, so like I went for preservation's sake mostly. Like I don't consider myself a serious gaming collector, but the games that I have graded and it's basically for preservation because the encapsulation device that they have is like. UV light resistant and whatnot. So it's like you put it in one of these cases and it's presumably going to stay in the in the condition that it was graded at forever, right? At least that's the goal. So I have the very first video game that I bought with my own money, which was Pokemon Red. Um, and because my dad is a big sports memorabilia collector, he just enabled me being a hoarder as a child so I kept all of my Game Boy boxes, like, in a drawer in my room. Um, so that came back, like, a 7.5, which is pretty solid for a game that I bought in 1998, played the shit out of, um, and I was eight years old when I bought that. Um, so I have a lot of stuff that is in, like, pretty solid condition, um, for having bought it as a child and like actually played the shit out of my games. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I wish I'd hung on because I was also the same way. I took immaculate care of my game boxes and stuff like that. So if only I wasn't so quick to unload them back when I was a teenager to get a PlayStation one. But then again, I really wanted a PlayStation one. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. Uh, if you want a PlayStation one, Go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon and see if you can find one. Uh, when you go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon and search for your PlayStation 1 uh, and buy it, you have to buy it now. Buy a uh, PlayStation Classic for seventy nine ninety eight. You can uh, you help out the show. It's the easiest way to help out the show. Look, look at that. You can buy... The Sony original PlayStation 1 console, not the ONE, the original PlayStation 1 console for $137.13 um, from uh, only if you go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. Uh, we turn to the Dense Pixels post office, lighter edition this week. Uh, we'll start with Romarius. He says, will in-depth photo mode games, uh, sorry, will in-depth photo modes in games, especially single-player games, be the new fad that gets overused in the next five years? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a fad, and I don't think it's going to be overused. Yeah, put it in every game. I love yeah. photo mode. It's amazing. It's completely optional. Yeah. Like, 
But I but I I kind of appreciate that they have all of the all of like the the photog like Photoshop settings basically yeah. in there that you can <laughs> use to tweak and fuck with it and stuff like that. But that's I mean, like I said, if you're going to take a screenshot of your game, especially on these on these fancy new consoles, take a screenshot of yeah, your game. Man, like, Make it artsy. It's uh and it's a flex, right? If yeah. you, if your game doesn't have a photo mode, it probably don't look good. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, what I will tell you guys though, you aspiring, uh, video game photographers as you mess with your photo mode, uh, learn about the rule of thirds. It will improve your picture composition, uh, tremendously yep. if you incorporate that. And Assassin's Creed Valhalla even has a variety of different grids to make sure that you can, that you can use your rule of thirds correctly, which is nice. I appreciate that. It's like yeah. I'm a little I mean, the thing about DSLR. like these, these, uh, big time photo modes is just like, it's I, I guess I sort of take a little bit of umbrage at the idea that it's like overused. Like how would how would something that requires you to presumably pause your game and go into a separate menu be overused? Like it's not a it's not an in-game mechanic. Yeah. Frankly, right? I, frankly, I think they're underutilized. I think there's more games that that should, should have them. them that don't. Now I, I can see the where I can see or they can be overused if you, is if you start putting them in games that really don't warrant having a photo mode in them uh, because your game doesn't look good enough to have <laughs> to have a, or, or stylish enough to have a photo mode. Like I'm fine if you want to put a photo mode in like a Mario Odyssey or a or a Zelda Breath of the Wild, even though those aren't like you know super hyper realistic, you know 4K right. beasts. Um, but there's there's a lot of other games that really don't need that that I don't necessarily want that in. So right, Avengers has a photo mode. Okay, so there you go, and it ain't even that great. Like they couldn't even they couldn't even get the photo mode right. It's a half assed photo. Maybe mode. maybe that'll come in a future update <laughs> to bring people back to the game. Photo mode. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these different robots you can take pictures. Yeah. Of. There's five, there's five different varieties. You could you could get them all, <laughs> get them in a get them in a group photo with each other. It'll be great. Cam says, uh, "I'm sure that there will be extra special deals on actual Black Friday this year, but given that most stores are doing month long sales in person and online, do you think consumers will put pressure on retailers to make this the new norm moving forward, or will next year we'll see us return to the Hunger Games from Markdown garbage that will break in a month?" So. The sales that I've seen through these month-long sales have been pretty typical of the sales that you often see Black Friday week at a lot of retailers, especially the past couple of years. And then usually on Black Friday, there is a further sale. Even some of the stuff that's on sale might see a further discount uh, on Black Friday proper and then into Cyber Monday possibly as well. I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to continue to see that. Um, There is – a compulsion amongst retailers, especially to try to one up the other guy. Like the reason that everyone was opening on Thanksgiving for so many years is because like, you know, JC Penny tried it for the first time one year and then Walmart and target were like, Oh, we're going to do that too. And then all the specialty retailers basically had to come along for the ride to compete with Walmart and target. It's kind of like yeah. a domino effect. Um, so basically whatever Walmart target, Best Buy, whatever the, the big companies do, will be what the trend becomes because everyone else is kind of forced to follow that to, to stay competitive. 
Yep. Yeah, that uh, that sucks because uh, my mother goes out to, you know, Black Friday and stuff like that. And uh, she's got MS, so she can barely walk. So she has to have a she has to have a blocker there for her. And it's usually my sister because I did that Black Friday stuff once as a consumer. And I I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it at all. Uh, so I don't think I've ever like gone out on Black Friday. I spent no. too much of my life working in retail to like to want to enjoy subject. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I don't want to be a part of that. Do all my shopping online anyway. Okay. Uh, Trey says with the success of Maximilian's Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3 tournament stream, is this even likely to persuade both Capcom and Disney to try again, but better this time? Or will people continue to play the old games while others lie to themselves that Injustice is good and not just a Mortal Kombat beta? That's an interesting description of Injustice. I, I, I do find those games to be very different games uh, from one another. They play very differently from one another. Yeah, one of them has a block button. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, one of them used to have a run button, uh, but they, they got rid of the run. Um, I didn't know. His, did his stream happen already? Did his tournament happen? Why? Well, I, I assume so, uh, if, if Trey's talking about it in the past tense. Uh, I saw, I saw that he was, that he was having a tournament, uh, a sponsored tournament. And I, I just didn't think it was, I just didn't think it happened already, but you know, time is, uh, time is a blur. Um, will people continue to play the old games while the others lie to themselves? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, in terms of Marvel, yes, way more people are going to continue playing ultimate Marvel three than. Marvel Infinite, well, just because that's a more beloved game than Marvel. Yeah, Infinite, because so. it's a better game, right? But, but uh, like if you know Marvel versus Capcom Ultimate, or no, they already use that name. Uh, what's another Spider-Man esque superlative? If Marvel versus Capcom Spectacular comes right. out, <laughs> and um, and it's really good, you know, you'll get. People want to play the, the the new hot stuff, and companies want to push the new hot stuff when it comes to these tournaments and stuff. But you'll still have your you'll still have your diehards, like like all the melee people. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. the Smash Brothers melee people. The uh, Smash Ultimate has literally every character that's ever been in a Smash plus more, and um, and people just love the way melee plays for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's all the same to me. But I, you know, I'm not a I'm not a Smash player. Um, so yeah, I, I think you'll still have people play their their old stuff. Yeah. And Injustice is a little more than just an MK. <laughs> I, I actually kind of prefer Injustice over Mortal Kombat, if I'm being perfectly honest, just in the way the game plays. Uh, Malcolm says, with so much black excellence in Survivor Series, except for what they did with Bianca, man, we gotta stop fucking microanalyzing single booking decisions. That wasn't fucking over Bianca. That was that was uh, doing what they want to do for Lana entirely. Yeah, I, I I didn't watch Survivor Series, but I caught the I caught the uh, I caught the the gist of of a lot of what happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that wasn't uh, you know. Bianca, I think the the, the the fact that she was going toe to toe with like Nia the Destroyer and they both got double counted out 
is right is, like, is, is is the rub is the is the is the the elevation right you didn't get no one no one looked weak right they, they, this, that was the best thing that they could have done this ain't this ain't this ain't AEW. we ain't fucking counting wins and losses and scripted <laughs> professional wrestling guys right but, <laughs> but, but at the same time like wwe fans they they do that shit man like they do that shit and you know, it's all about who looks weak and who looks strong. If you want to make Lana look strong without making anybody else look weak, like that is, like you said, that's the difficult part. Well, it doesn't even make Lana look like Lana didn't even look strong. Like she won because the other two people got counted out and she was the last person in the match. Like that's and literally that's the, the only and, and that's the And that's what I'm saying. That's the best that they could do. Right. And trying to make Lana the sole survivor. Right? Just, just, just wait, hold, hold your outrage till her and Asuka become the tag team champions at TLC <laughs> in a tables match next month. Cause they're already laying the seeds for that. They're laying the seeds for that. So, oh, I, uh, apparently the New Day uh, Street Profits match was also very good. I'll have to go back and watch yeah. that. And, and they gave Street Profits the, 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 the rub in that one, the, the win, the dub. So, there's that. Yeah. Uh, Stuart says, is it time Western developers got a little less prideful and were more like the Yakuza creators and reused assets a ton in order to cut down on the time it makes to take to get a game out? especially when you're doing a sequel and it just adds a lot of consistency to the world. Miles Morales Morales basically did that. and I don't see any complaints about it. I think in general, and obviously this is making a very, very broad generalization here. I think in general, Western developers are way more focused on doing shit like fucking cyberpunk, for example, where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you can change the length of your character's fingernails in this game and you can see every fucking pore on their face. And so you end up with these long development cycles that are plagued with crunch for the poor developers involved. Whereas I think, generally speaking, Japanese developers have been historically less focused on being the most cutting edge graphically and more focused on developing good stories and developing good characterization. Obviously, you can have both in games, right? I think there are plenty of examples of games out there where you have both high-quality graphics and uh, good good storytelling and good characterization. Um, but I, I think where those things are on the priority list has become more obvious in the last couple of years with these incredible new graphics cards and new technology and whatnot. Well, um, the other thing is too, is that it's not, that's not exclusively a Western thing. I mean, we, we have a literal running fucking joke on the show that when a new square RPG is announced, we're like, Oh, we'll see that in seven years or oh, yeah. 10 years down the line. Like they do square does the same shit um, in terms of taking forever to put out, like these new epic games. And then conversely, like there's plenty of Western developers, especially as it pertains to sports games um, and things of that nature that will absolutely reuse assets over and over again. Um, Quite literally shit out the same game year after year. Right, right. I think it does depend on the game itself. And, and you have to also manage the, your fans expectations around that game as well. Uh, And, and you have to decide, what it is you want. So let's say, you know, 
Naughty Dog pumped out an Uncharted game every two years instead of, you know, three to four. But they did a lot of asset reusage and stuff like that. People probably would have been upset about that because it's like, oh, we're playing the same fucking game over and over again. Like it looks similar and, you know, they probably would have kept it in similar settings to kind of cut down on how many new things they had to create and things of that nature. But instead they made – you know, four very distinctly different Uncharted games that all had various, you know, very different settings and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think we were better served for that um, at the end of the day. So like, it it depends. Um, the yeah, Yakuza folks, yeah. sorry, I was going to say the Yakuza folks especially seem to like to crank them out. So <laughs> like it kind of is what it is. Yeah. But here's you the thing. Those games look good and appear to be telling very compelling stories. So yeah. those games look, those games look, pretty good and and it's all about character it's yeah. all about story and character and um Majima uh, everywhere <laughs> I, I forgot what i was going to say i thought that um i thought that when i saw this question uh is it time for western developers to get a little less prideful and a little more like the yakuza creators and i thought it was going to say and like tell be silly with some of their stories, be creative with some of their stories because uh, Yakuza is a, it's such a cute game. Like it's so like, I, like I love it so much. Like it's so Japanese and, and what I perceive Japanese humor to be right. Like there's, there's one sub story where you see this guy, he's being shaken down by this gangster for some baby formula and your character comes in and he's like, hey, leave this guy alone, man. And and you fight him and and then he runs off. And then you talk to the guy and he's talking about how, you know, oh, my life is, you know, my wife is just really upset with me. We have this newborn baby and, you know, I'm working so hard trying to provide and she just gets mad at me because I'm always working and I'm never home. And And my character's like, well, did you talk to your wife? And you know, have you have you seen her point of view on things? And he was like, huh, no. And then the, the 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 story goes on and eventually you fight gangsters in who have like a baby like fetish. Like they they like dressing up as babies and being nursed by by women and stuff like that. And then you guys have a fight and then we all have a good heart to heart. And he was like, Yeah, man, you really gotta you really got to see things from your wife's perspective. Basically you have to open up the lines of communication. If you want your relationship to work, because it's going to take two of you to be a parent. And and we're talking like we're, we're doing this and there's a grown ass man in a diaper, a gangster and a Japanese businessman holding some baby formula. Like it's the weirdest thing in the world, but it's telling this like very like heartfelt story. Like I, I love it. <laughs> More developers need to do that, man. You need to focus on character, man. Uh, finally, Amen says, we're going to wrap up with him. For those who watched The Undertaker send off, who got in their feelings? Because I cried like a little bitch when he threw his last arm up on the ramp. So here's the thing about The Undertaker's farewell. I didn't watch the Survivor Series. I didn't watch Survivor Series because um, we're not talking about it this week. And uh, – I got to tell you, watching Undertaker pass so, – so, like, for me, like, the, the hard end point for Undertaker is against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 33 when, like, he left the gear in the ring. And it wasn't the greatest match ever, but it was a decent match to go out on, I guess. 
And then watching him these last couple of years has been pretty much like watching Brett Favre play for the Jets and the Vikings. No one really wants to remember that part of Brett Favre's career, and everyone's going to only ever remember him as a Green Bay Packer. <laughs> yeah. Because they weren't yeah. good years for Brett Favre. Yeah. Um, do you think it's done? Like, do yes. you think? Uh, no, I do. Even if, even if there's a big, uh, you know, a big payday, if some prince from some other country is like, you give me the Undertaker, and I'll give you a billion dollars or whatever. I know? think, I think he's wealthy enough. I and I and I think that he's happy enough with what ended up being his last match against AJ Styles in what in, in a match that was way more enjoyable than it had any right to be considering yeah. considering what that match was. Yeah. I uh I listened to a couple of uh wrestling podcasts and you know they're like uh I'm going to be really upset if it's just a send off like cuz everything cuz they're old school fans so everything mm. has to be a work right? <laughs> everything ha- yeah the only reason to do anything is to work a crowd and um and uh and yeah this was just a send off and like you said the fact that he's on like hot ones Right. Like the Undertaker, who is a notorious like old school guy, does not like talking shop out in the open like this. He he gets physically uncomfortable talking about like the 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 most interesting part of wrestling, which is the actual business behind the scenes. The fact that he's talking about this stuff, uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. Like, yeah, yeah, this is this is it. Like, and and again, like you saw him open up a lot more after. The WrestleMania match, pretty yeah. much, and I and I, and I think in his mind it's kind of done. The fact they were able to close it out at Survivor Series, which was the event that he debuted at, um, thirty you know thirty years later, uh, wasn't it like thirty years to the day? Pretty much, yeah, it was pretty wow. damn close. Um, put puts a nice bow on it, or as nice a bow as you can have. Like I said, I I do wish that I do wish that he had. Well, I guess he did kind of put over Roman Reigns in the end. Um. But but for for a dude that always wanted to talked about going out the right way, quote unquote, um, it was pointed out to me that he won his last three matches that he that he had in his career, which is <laughs> which is pretty which is pretty funny um, that it ended up being that way. So I, like I said, I, th- I think it works if you just pretend like his career stopped at Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and then everything else was just like some extended encore. That I mean, honestly, watch. it could have stopped. It could have stopped when the streak broke. When the streak was broken. Uh, considering what came after, you know, the caliber of matches, I can agree. Yeah, there was there was wasn't any standouts in after that WrestleMania 30 match, I wouldn't say. That was it for me. He put over a guy that he really, like, respects and, and enjoys working with. And, uh, yeah, man. It, it, it for – this character should never have worked. <laughs> like, ever. Like, even in the – back in the day when, like – Everything where everybody was like a uh, had like a a job gimmick, like an accountant, like an accountant wrestler, and a garbage man wrestler, and a baseball wrestler, and a booger man wrestler, and a boogeyman wrestler, <laughs> <laughs> like you know a, a mortician who like is is rule a, a zombie mortician who's ruled by a magical urn uh, who turns into <laughs> the leader of a cult. Who turns into a biker? Who turns into 
a goth UFC guy. Like none of that shit should have worked, yo. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it did. And and that is Vince McMahon's second greatest creation. And uh yeah, man. 30 years. Wow. I might have to. I might have to. I I didn't watch it because one, it's Survivor Series, and and two, like this no this no fan era is really kind of bumming me out. Mm-hmm. But I might I might watch it just to see what they did. Yeah, at least apparently Survivor Series is worth going back to watch the uh, the Street Profits New Day, and then uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre was apparently a banger of a match, okay. which I feel like they pulled the trigger on too early. Yeah. To be quite honest, but that is what it is. Uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, make sure that you go to join the Dense Pixels fan group at densepixels.com slash fans so that you too can answer questions in the Dense Pixels post office as well as be engaged with the daily conversation. Uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash densepixels. Uh, follow us on Twitch. Uh, Carrie is up. It's Carrie. I am Dense Pixels Brad. Uh, Terrence is Apparition 410. And uh, if you were in the United States, uh, have a very happy, socially distanced away from family Thanksgiving. Please don't travel. Yeah. Please don't. Keep it safe. Please do. Keep it simple. So we, we don't. We don't need to be having another uh, another. Eat COVID a twenty spike. pound turkey by yourself. No one's going to fucking stop you. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Celebrate, but uh, you know what? I'm not even going to. Good night, everybody. <laughs> See ya. See ya.